Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are getting closer and closer to the NFL preseason. Steelers football is right around the corner, but so is your fantasy football drafts. And Jeremy Betts and I are here to break it all down for you today. We're going to be looking into some sleepers at the quarterback and wide receiver positions. So with that being said, I'll bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Betts, except Jeremy, as I see him right now, he is wearing an Ohio State um sorry for using foul language on the show uh but ohio state hat i'll <laughs> leave it at that jeremy how's it going it's going good but um you know i i deal with this uh michigan love from you all the time and uh so i had to represent once or twice here and uh when was the last time i actually wore a michigan hat while we were recording well i'm not talking about necessarily what you wear or uh, whatnot but you talk about your michigan boys all the time uh, sneak one in every show or something oh yeah like that's that, so. all right. <laughs> no, couple- i had to today uh also i've been wearing so many steeler hats that my wife uh, is starting to get offended that i'm not wearing our buckeyes hats so uh, i gotta gotta help uh out in that area so your wife's a, little- a browns fan right she is it's her one big massive uh almost um a deal breaker uh, problem so wow because i remember but. when jeremy <laughs> invited me into his, his league i took over a guy's team who you know i obviously since i hadn't had the chance to draft players he had guys you know some were good but just not the guys i want on my team so i was sending trades out to everybody so i sent out a trade to jeremy's wife for nick chubb <laughs> that was yeah. a big mistake <laughs> she's like nick yeah. chubb ain't for sale <laughs> yeah. so. she she was not having any of that man i tell you what the when she saw it she literally laughed out loud and she said uh no and she canceled yeah. that thing faster than i've ever seen anybody deny a trade in my life you don't mess with her Browns players on her roster and uh, that's okay with me because that means uh, I typically win so that's true (laughs) as we speak the Cleveland Browns are adding to their quarterback room this past week they just added Josh Rosen I feel bad for Josh Dobbs he's gonna be stuck either as a QB3 or a practice squad quarterback again I was really hoping he'd have a chance to be the QB2 there Um, but Anything to take away, Jeremy, from the Browns quarterback situation right now? It's a mess, man. <laughs> it really is. I think if they go into this season with Jacoby Brissett starting games for more for half or more of this season, then they're in, in trouble. Um, I would say, and I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield fan, but I'd say Jake Brissett or Brissett, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I listen to the uh, guys on around the NFL and they call him Jake Brisket all the time. So I always oh, want to yeah. say that too. But Jacoby Brissett, man, uh, I think if they start, if he starts a lot of games for them, that they're in big trouble this year. I would have liked to see Dobbs get a shot. I think his athleticism would have given him uh, a dimension that neither of these other two guys have, bringing in Josh Rosen. But, uh, you know, it's how the Browns see him, and uh, it sounds like they don't see him as much more than the Steelers saw him, which would be a third-string type guy. And uh, so I just, you know, as a Steelers fan, I could not be happier with the uh, the uh, dissolvement of the Browns as a whole this offseason. It sounds like uh, they're, you know, they're in for a rocky ride this year. Funny thing is, is that Josh Rosen, when he was coming out of college, he had said that he preferred the New York Giants to the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. And if he was in a prime position to go to the Browns, he would consider returning to school rather than entering the draft. So, oh, um, of course, <laughs> at, 
yeah, that just shows how things change, you, right? Yeah, yeah. How quickly you have to lower your standard when you fail in a certain spot. Yes. Um, and get replaced one year into your career. Uh, but enough with the Browns. Let's get to some Steelers news. There wasn't a whole lot this week, other than the signing of defensive lineman Doug Costin, yeah. uh, former USFL player of the Birmingham Stallions. He's also spent some time with the Jaguars and Bengals. Um, I assume you'd agree, Jeremy. Probably not a guy that's going to make the roster. Just a kind of a filler on the roster before training camp. Yeah, it sounds like a camp body. Uh, he was a part of the USFL champion Birmingham Stallions. Oh. So uh, he played pretty good. That defense was pretty good for uh, that level. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, he's got he's got some athleticism. Um, I watched just a little bit of his USFL highlights. I haven't seen anything else, but he's got he's got a little bit of push in him, but not more than really a camp body, I don't think, uh, for Pittsburgh, especially with how deep that room is how many guys that they've got there already when you have an opening like the Steelers had with 89 players on the roster and mm-hmm. just trying to find a camp body if you are the general manager if Jeremy Betts is the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point in the offseason would you just add a camp body the cheapest thing you possibly can do to fill up your roster mm-hmm. Or would you try to go out and find a bargain free agent guy whose prices come down because he's still staying out on the market? I guess it depends. Like for the Steelers this year, I would, I would have probably gone out and, and paid for somebody uh, that has a little bit more reputation to him, a little bit more to give maybe, uh, maybe at the running back position, maybe at a middle linebacker. I know they made moves at middle linebacker already this offseason, but I think uh, maybe edge rusher too. You know, somebody that uh, can can come in and and provide a little bit of a spark there. But uh, I don't necessarily disagree with how they've done it. it. They seem to be very comfortable with a lot of the guys that they have in place to be um, starters and or contributors on this team. So uh, adding that camp body was not a big not a big problem for me at all. I would like to see them. Uh, keep an eye on some of these other spots though as training camp continues. One note that we want to pass along as most of you have heard before we go to our next topic is the death of Charles Johnson. It's a former first round pick of the Steelers. Um, we've seen a lot of players passing away this mm-hmm. year. Um, yeah, Jeremy, obviously you were, you were at least alive when he played for the Steelers. I was <laughs> yes. not. Yeah. Um, so if you have any anything that you remember of Charles Johnson, you want to add it, um, go ahead. Obviously, on my end, um, just yeah. obviously uh, prayers go out to the family. Um, during right. this time, always a difficult thing. Um, but, Jeremy? Yeah, uh, prayers to the family for sure. Um, you never like to hear that, especially only 50 years old. Um, you know, that's, that's never uh, fun for a family, obviously. And uh, – so uh, thoughts go with them. But, uh, you know, Charles Johnson, um, first-round draft pick, wide receiver. Uh, I, I don't think he necessarily had the greatest career with Pittsburgh. Uh, kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He did, he did have a decent career for himself, but, uh, uh, you know, didn't necessarily live up to that first-round billing. Um, I didn't get to watch much Charles Johnson. I've seen highlights of his, obviously, uh, having – watch the Steelers from years prior, but uh, so yeah, not much to add from uh, the type of player he was, but definitely uh, keeping the family in mind and Steeler uh, nation as they, um, as for those who did watch him play, who were invested in his career a little bit more uh, lost uh, uh, somebody that was a part of the Steelers family. 
Most definitely. Now we want to get to these sleepers, Jeremy, but there's one other topic that was brought up this past week. Juicy um, topic. <laughs> what's that? A juicy topic. Juicy. Yeah, news, definitely yeah. juicy topic. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I think we need to at least address it. Ben Roethlisberger uh, had an interview with Ron Cook of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It's always been his guy that he's gone to for interviews in yeah. the past. And Ben Probably the guy he's most honest with. Probably, probably. Yeah. And he is claiming that Kevin Colbert wanted him gone after the 2020 season mm-hmm. and Mike Tomlin would have been okay with it as well. It was really Art Rooney II, who was the person who brought him back for the 2021 season. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this. You can look at it and the fact of, you know, well, was Rooney the one who should have just trusted Colbert and Tomlin if mm. you were on the, if you're of the mindset that Roethlisberger should have retired? Right. Or are you of the mindset, you know, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he had said that, you know, he doesn't regret coming back. He thinks he could still play. He says his arm feels good. Um, he doesn't regret, you know, stepping away from the game now, but uh, he feels like he still had some in him, but obviously we saw the product on the field right? Um, and it was, it was not the same Ben Roethlisberger that we were accustomed to. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this whole situation, Jeremy? I think that uh, he's probably being, you know, very honest. And I, I think that it, it's probably true. Colbert and Tomlin were, uh, they brought in Matt Canada uh, on paper. That was never going to work the way Matt Canada offenses run with a guy of Roethlisberger's uh, situation. And, um, career you know the way he plays the way he had to adjust to playing in the latter portion of his career I don't doubt Roethlisberger still has the arm like he talked about I don't necessarily believe that that was the problem I think he I just don't think he was able to drive balls uh, with his lower body he lost his legs he lost his mobility uh, basically in every facet Um, so it makes sense it's understandable Um, and I think if you like I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I'd like to just to, to, to hear how he said it, because a lot of times things can sound worse than they do. You know, maybe he's just being honest. Maybe he's saying, Hey, you know, uh, Colbert and, and Tomlin probably thought that for the, for the team, it was best if they went with someone younger, if they, if they tried to, uh, to go and move on and say, Hey, Ben, you know, are, are you sure you want to do this? And uh, when Ben said he did, I think then, the Rooney stepped in and said, all right, we got to make this happen. He's a franchise legend. Let's make it work. And Roethlisberger came back. And I'd say that he was outside of the Steelers trading up and drafting one of the uh, big names at quarterback, you know, even like a a Justin Fields type player who fell down to 11 overall uh, in that draft. Outside of that, I think Roethlisberger probably was still the best option for the team in 2021. So. Well, don't forget about Davis Mills as well. Yeah, absolutely. I was higher on, yeah, I had a second round grade on him last year. He played really well. And a lot of people forget with the Texan situation, um, he's not in the greatest situation, but he did a really good job at the end of last year. He seemed to develop some and he's got a little bit better weaponry around him this year. Um, Be interesting to see what he could turn out to be really sure. A good comparison to see is how he does compared to Kenny Pickett in the future. Um, Pickett has a better situation. Um, But if Mills can have similar success, you know, this is a debate we could have had, you know, we may have for years to come, you know, could the Steelers gotten away with taking like a Davis Mills um, if they would have moved around, uh, if they would have moved on from Ben Roethlisberger a year previous. Right. Uh, But nonetheless, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds in the future. I don't think Roethlisberger left on bad terms with anybody in the room. Sure. Um, But uh, definitely something 
to take note of as the Steelers move on to a new era. Yeah, and I don't think we can I, – I mean, a big thing for that whole situation was Roethlisberger did not want to go out like he did in 2020 with that Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. loss in the playoffs. Uh, like he said later on in the interview, he went out on his terms. He got to have his farewell tour, if you will, um, in a year that he knew he was going to make his last, probably from the very outset. And so I think that that was better for him. I know I felt a, a lot better sense of peace about the whole situation, if you will, you know, just having that type of finish to it. So to kind of tie a bow on that, um, I think it was better for Roethlisberger, better for Steelers fans that he came back and, and played 2021, if you look at it from that perspective. Well, with that being said, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are going to take our break right now, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to give you some of the best fantasy football advice we have gotten to yet. Jeremy and I are both going to give you our biggest sleepers at both the quarterback and the wide receiver position, so you will not want to go anywhere, so stay tuned. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts with you. We are back at you with some fantasy football sleepers. <sighs> Jeremy, don't start snoring. <laughs> I, it's been a long week. It I, has, man. Just hear the word sleep. Hey, I, we're recording this on Friday because we have other things going on the weekend. At least I do. And uh, I have a fantasy draft Saturday night. So Ooh. by the time you all are hearing this, my fantasy draft will have been done. Uh, at least my main league. And he's um, so going to take all my sleepers. I just know it. <laughs> list. No, I'm not. No, I'm just. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, no, no, definitely listen to Jeremy's as well. Um, last year, he definitely did better than I did in the BTSC fantasy league overall <laughs> in the draft. He kept taking my players. So um, and I'm glad that we're not copying each other too much here. Right. But Jeremy, we're going to start off with the quarterbacks. I want you to give us all three right now with a brief rundown, and then we'll kind of break them down. Sure. Um, and then uh, we'll get, uh, we'll just go from there. Okay. Well, I'm going to go down South to uh, Cajun country, talk a little Jameis Winston down in uh, Louisiana down in new Orleans and uh, Jameis Winston to me has always been as polarizing a, a quarterback as I've watched probably in my lifetime because he has such a knack for the big play. And when I say big play, I mean the big touchdown and the big pick six, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got a knack for both of those, but I think the situation that he's in down there with some young receivers and uh, obviously uh, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield as well. I know he's probably looking at suspension at some point here, but uh, still he's got some weapons in place. No Sean Payton. Uh, and then him coming off an injury. That's why his stock is so low. But I think uh, if you skip out on quarterbacks and you're loading up on uh, some bench players and, and some star talent up in the top level of your draft at other positions, Winston could be a guy you go for. I also like Carson Wentz. I think his situation is even better in uh, Washington than in he what had in Indianapolis because of the weapons around him. I think uh, Terry McLaurin. I think um, you know the 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 guys that they have there, the concepts that they have there 
are going to be a little bit better for Wentz. And uh, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm a Wentz fan. A lot of people aren't. Um, I think it's probably because he played in North Dakota. Uh, you know, I lived in North Dakota for a while. Um, but still, uh, a guy with a lot of arm talent. And uh, I think he's still got something left in the tank, something to prove he could have a, a, a good year this year. And then I went with our boy, Mitch Trubisky. I think uh, if, you, if you've read uh, or if you looked at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com today, you saw an article, uh, or I'm sorry, Friday when this uh, was being reported, uh, you saw an article from me about what if Mitch Trubisky is great in 2022. I think he's got just as good a shot to be uh, a valuable top-level quarterback as he does uh, to be an absolute bust. And so I wouldn't sleep on Trubisky too hard because – uh, he's a guy that's got a ton of weapons. I mean, more weapons than Winston has, more weapons than Wentz has uh, in either of those places. Um, and I think Trubisky has settled down. I think he's ready to join a stable organization and be a part of something uh, big in Pittsburgh. I'm getting excited about the season, man. I don't know about you, but Trubisky yeah. makes my list as well. So Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, and Mitch Trubisky. See, Winston, I, I have concerns about Winston just because of his weaponry. Michael Thomas, what's he going to be like if he comes back, when he comes back? Chris Olave has talent, but he's unproven at the NFL level. And then you have Jarvis Landry, who's, what, in his mid-30s now. Uh, so just not a fan of their weaponry. They do have a good offensive line. They have a good pair of running backs when Kamara is there. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I've never been a big Winston guy. I just, I know that there's some upside just because he, he'll go off certain weeks. Um, but I just don't, there's no consistency there. Um, I took him the first year that after Tampa had drafted OJ Howard and they had Mike Evans, Godwin, they had all the weapons that one year. Um, and I thought he was going to break out that year. It didn't work. Uh, and I haven't really taken him in any draft since then, <laughs> but I agree with Wentz. And, you know, I, I like his testimony. I don't know about his, you know, what his personality is like being around him each and every day. Um, but I do like Wentz as a person. Uh, he seems like a good guy. Yep. Um, and then Trubisky, as we've talked about, you know, I think the biggest key is the offensive line. He has the weapons. Right. And it, again, it comes down to that offensive tackle position. If the interior offensive line folds in, so what? Trubisky can roll outside the pocket and that's fine. Right. It's if he is closed on the outside and he has no way to escape the pocket and that's going to fall on Chapumo Corfor and Dan Moore jr. If they Absolutely. fail, I'm afraid Trubisky could fail as well, but I or agree anybody that's back there, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Can he pick it? Mason yeah. Rudolph. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause we've talked about before Matt Canada's system fits Trubisky to a T and I know your yeah. article today just talked about, you know, how well he could potentially fit in this offense. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, Trubisky has a lot of upside. I'm going to give you my three real quick. My first one, I barely got away with this one because on <laughs> Fantasy Pros' ADP is 102, but I went with Trey Lance. I know he's not having the best offseason of all, uh, but he has a literally the perfect situation. He's got to sit for a year. Assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get moved, they've already said that they're, they, they're allowing him to seek a trade. So that pretty much means Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. Now we don't have to worry about that. He has Elijah Mitchell. He has a healthy Jeff Wilson in the backfield. Tyrone Davis Price, rookie running back. Trey Sermon, he has plenty of running backs. Still a solid offensive line overall. George Kittle at tight end who can block and catch. And we'll see what happens with Debo Samuel, but you have Brandon Ayuk and a couple other pieces at receiver. His weaponry is good. Um, the, it's not the exact same for Trevor Lawrence. And I wasn't the biggest Lawrence fan coming out, but um, the fact that he lost Urban Meyer, yeah. <laughs> that's probably the biggest 
help to Trevor Lawrence of anything. Yes. Um, I had to add that in. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I see what you did there. But I it, I mean, Christian <laughs> Kirk, he's not worth 20 bu- $20 million. <laughs> 20 <laughs> he might bucks, be worth 20 bucks. <laughs> he might be worth 20 bucks. Not oh, in your wow. fantasy auction drafts, but no, in real no. life. Yeah, well, I, I think I could live with it if they signed him for 20 bucks. I could, I could understand that. Uh, Zay Jones, not so much, but nonetheless, they paid him 10 million bucks um, to come and be a wide receiver. I mean, <laughs> he's going to be what wide receiver four on the depth chart. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Evan Ingram, if he can stay healthy, he's a piece. Yeah. Yep. I think LaVishka Chanel is probably, I think he should be considered maybe the number one receiver in this offense. He's flashed a lot of potential. I think he and Christian Kirk are the top two receivers in this offense. They just keep uh, trying to replace him, though. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it it's doesn't so make funny. sense. Everyone in the league is talking about how they'd love to have a guy like Chanel on their team. Like yeah. there were talks about Kansas City potentially going after him. And yeah. General Manager saying, like, that would be a scary combination if he ever landed on Kansas City. Yeah. And then they bring in these three other receivers and they sell Marvin Jones there. It's right. like they have a it's kind of like the Steelers lower level when we say we have a bunch of wide receiver twos, but no true wide receiver one on right. the roster. Yeah. They have like two wide receiver twos and like four wide receiver three right. wide receiver fours. And yep. they're just hoping that one of them will break out and become that guy. Yeah, man. It's, it's uh crazy. I think you look at Debo Samuel, right. And you look at LaVisca Chanel. And I think they're very similar style players. But I think the way that they are schemed and used, uh, you you see it. Kyle Shanahan's a genius with that, and he has used Debo Samuel far and above his draft stock, uh, or what his draft stock would have, uh, I guess, recommended to us as evaluators, if you will. But um, Chenault is kind of that same way, in my opinion. There, and I know we're not talking about the uh, the uh, uh, wide receivers, but they have something to do with these with these quarterbacks too. I like Trevor Lawrence this year as a, as a real big sleeper candidate. He would have been on my list if he hadn't have been on yours. Um, He could be a, he could be a top 10 fantasy quarterback easy this year. I think. Yeah. I don't think um, the two guys you've mentioned so far. uh, Did you mention Zach Wilson yet? Did you get to him yet? Okay. I'm sorry if I (laughs) ruined that for you, but uh, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, they have some rushing floor as well. Obviously Lance more than Lawrence, but um you know, Lawrence, I think he's going to need to use his legs a little bit more this year uh, to reach his full potential. I think he can do that. Yeah. And despite all the drama surrounding Zach Wilson and how stupid that situation is, or whether it's true, whether it's not, right. we're not getting into that. Did you see care. his tweet? Did you see his tweet uh, Did he about, see? hey, I've been on the beach or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. So about oh. that, like, something happened? Did like, I miss uh, something? Yeah, like, that was great. That was fantastic. I mean, the story is almost <laughs> too untrue to believe it to actually be true, but who knows? I have no clue whether it's true or not, but right. who cares? It's not my business. Right. And it's not the what's world's he gonna, business What's he going to put out there on a, in a MetLife Stadium or whatever, wherever they play? Oh, brother. <laughs> I, I don't even want to think about what that could be. But it, nonetheless, he does have increased weapons. Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson, and then yep. they also add to the offensive line with Lake and Tomlinson. Yes. Of course, they la- added Eli Vera Tucker last year. They still have George Fant. They haven't traded Mackay Becton. They have a lot of pieces on that offensive line. Um, they add another offensive. I believe they did. They signed. Were they the ones who signed Morgan Moses? Yes, they were. 
Okay. So they, they have a lot of pieces on that offensive line. If they can just gel together, right. Um, you know, this offense has a chance to be special. Elijah Moore was injured a lot last year. If he comes back um, and he can be fully healthy for a full year, Zach Wilson has all the pieces he needs to be successful. Um, and he kind of got a bad rep after one year, but really I had him neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in that class. I didn't have Trevor Lawrence above the other guys. So it'll be interesting mm. to see. I mean, the way it looks, Trey Lance stepped into the best situation of them all. So who knows? He may be the one who ends out the best. But um, do you have anything to add on Zach Wilson's? Um, I, I think, it, it, you know, it's kind of a an off-seasons narrative, you know. But I I think he did need to put on some weight. I think he needed to get bigger. And he did that uh, from reports. And uh, he added some muscle mass. He uh, looks bigger. Uh, I think that's going to help him out. He's a slightly built guy. Um, and he needs to work a little bit harder on that. I think that will help him as he prepares for this season. I like him as well. I don't know if I'm going to be looking at him above some of these other guys that we've mentioned as far as um, if he's a later round quarterback, do I go for him? But um, if, if he's there maybe for a bench stash last pick of the draft or something like that. Yeah, man, he's, he's a guy that I would uh, definitely consider. Well, as we segue into the wide receivers, the biggest question I have for you, Jeremy, before we start is because I've, I've thought about adding some rookie wide receivers to my list. Okay. How high is too high for a rookie wide receiver in a year like this where there's a lot of quantity when you're talking about Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Christian yeah. Watson, Sky Moore? How high would you bump guys like that up, some of which could see a lot of volume in year one? but they are unproven and you don't want to fill your roster with too many of them. How high is too high yeah. and how many is too many when it comes to rookie wide receivers? Well, I think I'm, I'm passing on like Drake London in round six or whatever he's going right now, whatever his ADP is. I think it's, that's about right. Um, just, I'm, I don't like the quarterback situation in Atlanta for wide receivers and Kyle Pitts. Giving up on your boy Desmond Ritter already. <laughs> no, not necessarily just the first year as far as yeah. fantasy goes, you know, but sure. Um, I would, I would probably, I would not want to roster more than maybe one of these guys personally. Um, and I think you go for, um, you know, you go for these later round guys. Uh, I think we talked about sky Moore a lot last week, uh, in our uh, trip to the future, which, uh, glad to see you made it back from, by the way, that was quite the ordeal, but, uh, you know, sky Moore has the best, well, I guess other than maybe Christian Watson, we talk about with the best quarterback situation. Watson, I think, has a chance to, if he performs well, there's an opening in that offense to be the number one wide receiver. Anybody on that roster could be that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he's probably the one with the most uh, upside in that regard. If he puts it all together, then he's got the quarterback to put a really big season together. So, you know, he's a guy that, is intriguing to me in the, in the latter portions of the draft, but I wouldn't stash too many of these guys this year in redraft leagues. I think there's plenty of other options out there. Um, so how high is too high? I think Drake London's too high. I think maybe Garrett Wilson's a little too high as well. And just where he's going ADP wise for what he's going to produce in that offense. But some of these guys that have some sleeper value, uh, you know, like what we're talking about to, tonight, I think are are where you go if you're going to go with rookies this year. In just a standard redraft league, would you draft Jamison Williams? I've been avoiding him in my mocks and my regular drafts. Um, 
just because I don't know when he's going to make his first appearance. Right. Um, and when he does, you know, we've seen wh- what do ACLs do the first year, first, at least the first few weeks, you know, it's a, uh, coming back from an ACL injury like that. That's, uh, that's tough. Um, so I've been avoiding him. I think in redraft leagues, he's not your guy this year. I think uh, he's a guy that you could keep an eye on, on waivers, maybe make a mid season ad. If you, if you think he might provide your team some, some juice, but I don't think I would draft him right now. See also Devin Bush. Right. When it comes to the ACL. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Jeremy, which what three wide receivers did you go with? Okay. So I am very, very confident in one of these guys. I'm going to save him for last here. Um, Cause he's probably one of He's probably the guy I'm drafting in almost every league. And uh, it's, it's a guy that I just absolutely love at wide receiver, but I'm going to start with a guy that's not getting a lot of love and I think should be getting more. And that's uh, Robert Woods out there in Tennessee. Right. I mean, the guy has a, a really good shot at being the number one wide receiver there. Uh, remind me who else they've got, Andrew. It, now you're giving up on your boy, Traylon Burks. You know, I'm not giving up on Traylon, but so uh, you know, he's got, he's got an uphill battle from everything we've been hearing uh, about some of his conditioning problems. And I think some of that has to do with health issues like uh, asthma and whatnot. I'm not sure all the details there, but Robert Woods just makes plays everywhere. He's been, he has been a consistent producer. He gets open. He knows every route. uh, And I think he's going to be quickly become a favorite target for Ryan Tannehill. I think he's got wide receiver two value and nobody's given him that type of, of clout and uh man alive. He's, he's got a really good shot to be good this year. In my opinion, wide receiver in Tennessee is basically Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. <laughs> if one of those guys doesn't work out, they're in big trouble on the offensive side of the football. And uh, Ryan Tannehill doesn't strike a lot of confidence as well necessarily. But one thing he's good at is, is, uh, working the underneath routes, getting the ball to guys who can work after the catch. And I think that Robert Woods is one of those guys. Uh, Traylon Burks is obviously one of those guys too, if he can get on the field and, and be a healthy contributor there. Um, let's go down a big D for my second guy. I like Michael Gallup and I know he's probably not going to start uh, the first couple weeks of the season. I think he's bouncing back from an injury as well. But if you look at that depth chart, no more Amari Cooper and uh, CD lamb is going to draw a lot of attention this year. And when Michael Gallup gets healthy, he has got opportunity galore in a high powered offense. Dak Prescott is still one of the best uh, pure passers in the league. I think he's got a, a fantastic feel for the game and for his uh, wide receivers, great anticipation. He gets the ball to his guys and lets them make plays and I think Michael Gallup has proven that he can be a playmaker when given the opportunity. He's just been stuck behind guys for a few years now, and I think this is the year he might show his true colors. James Washington came over from Pittsburgh. He's there. He's not going to take over Michael Gallup, right? I don't think that he has um, – or I don't think that he is was brought there to be that. So Michael Gallup's going to step in when he gets healthy and be the number two guy there in Dallas when that happens will be uh, something to think about something to consider 
but at his ADP, and I'm going to look it back up real quick because it is like way down there. Um, yeah, 117 is is his ADP. He's getting drafted. At, what is that? That's like the 11th round, right? Of of 10 team leagues, something like that. 11, not lower because sometimes, especially if you have auto draft teams, you have kickers and defenses going. Yeah, absolutely. In eighth, at, this, round. at this level too. So, uh, you know, 12th round, if you can get a Michael Gallup and he's going to maybe sit on your bench for the first few weeks, but after that he can provide again, wide receiver two type numbers. I, I, I think that that's definitely a possibility. Maybe not every week, but uh, on a fairly consistent basis. All right. Then this guy, I absolutely love him. Going into the situation that he is, um, leaving Atlanta and finding a home in the most pass-happy offense in the NFL in Tampa Bay, Russell Gage. Man, Russell Gage, to me, he came on so strong at the end of last year. If you watch his film, he got open, and he was a run-after-the-catch machine, a, a yak machine. And uh, I don't know if you remember, I can't remember who they played or who they were playing, but he had a, he took like a a catch over the middle of the field and broke like six or seven tackles on the way to the end zone, just took on another level as uh, Matt Ryan's favorite target uh, in his uh, final season there in Atlanta uh, over the last couple, uh, over the last four to five weeks of the season, he was the guy there. And uh, Chris Godwin is probably going to miss the first uh, few, few excuse me few games of the season russell gage will be the number two guy behind uh mike evans and i think he's got a lot of talent and uh with as much as they like to throw the ball with as much as tom brady is going to deal to his receivers tom brady's not there to hand the ball off especially in what's likely his final season uh he's there to throw the ball to try to take this team to a super bowl russell gage even when chris godwin comes back is going to be highly involved in this offense. And I think that he has the potential early in the season to put up some pretty staggering numbers. And then when Chris Godwin comes back, I think you'll see a little bit of a drop-off. But, uh, you know, maybe a guy you draft and then sell really high on after the first three or four weeks and get some really good trade value, maybe a running back if you are you end up low in, in that area. Or maybe you just keep him and he provides a fantastic flex option for you for the rest of the season. I love players that slowly emerge. They start at rock bottom. They get an opportunity. They make the most of that. And they get a little bigger opportunity. They make the most of that. And they just work their way up little by little. And I think Russell Gage is a guy who really fits that equation. Um, With Robert Woods, you bring up a good point because that really Tennessee, their cover really is bare at wide receiver. They have no depth behind Robert Woods. Um, It's just Traylon Burks and him. Um, and I, they don't have a ton of options at tight end either. They know they added Austin Hooper, uh, who's going to play a big role um, in that offense. We know Tennessee likes using the tight ends as well. Um, but, yeah, you're getting to the point where, you know, are, what are they going to do about other receiving options? Do they add somebody before the season? Do they bring Julio Jones back? You know, right. I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but they definitely need to do something there. But if not, Robert Woods could be in for a big share of targets. I'm going to start off my three with a hated rival. The first one is Rashad Bateman. His ADP is only 90 on Fantasy Pros, but I didn't cheat here because NFL.com has him ranked 120th in their rankings, and he is kind of in that 100 range generally. But Marquise Brown, he absorbed 23% of the targets 
in Baltimore. Of course, now he's in Arizona. He's gone. Who else does Baltimore have outside of Mark (laughs) Andrews at the tight end position? There is nobody that has a good chemistry with Lamar Jackson that's proven anything at the NFL level of any substance. Rashad Bateman, of course, he hasn't really proven anything yet either. He didn't have the greatest year one. But just based on target share alone, you got to think he's going to be, he could potentially be getting a good eight to 10 targets a game. Yep. Absolutely. The Minnesota Gopher, Golden Gopher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rashad Bateman, man, he's got, he's got potential. I think uh, when you look at him from a talent standpoint, he's one of those guys that can run every route. And, uh, you know, that's what Lamar Jackson needs. He, he needs a guy that gets open. And uh, so I think that that's going to be uh, a guy that maybe their maybe their passing game as a whole isn't very or they're probably going to have one of the lowest um, throw percentages in the league, and so um, the guys getting the targets are going to be uh, like you said, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, and uh, it's not going to be much more than that, you know. So uh, I think he does have a shot to be something. Uh, that'll help your fantasy team this year when you look at his opportunity. Definitely. The last two I'm going to get to now, this one I did kind of cheat because I had the Packers receivers. I had the slash. I had the Alan Lazard slash Christian Watson. You slashed us, didn't you? Oh, man. Well, okay. In all fairness, I did this so that we could fit in a Steeler at the end. Okay. Okay. Hey, well, we'll forgive you. Go Steelers. <laughs> so, like, I like Christian Watson better than I do Alan Lazard. Always have. And if Watson lives up to the grade that I gave him, I always will. But Alan Lazard is the one who has the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, he is very picky about his wide receivers. Yes, but he, he has complimented Alan Lazard in the past as one of the guys that he depends on and he likes uh, throwing the ball to. Alan Lazard's ADP is 120 on average based on fantasy pros average that they've accumulated and Christian Watson, who's 136 with Lazard. I, I don't know if there's as much upside as there is with Watson, mm-hmm. but I think you have to say that there's at least some upside based on the volume because Devonta Adams is gone. Randall Cobb, he'll get a few targets. Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, I expect him to be involved in the passing game. He could see, you know, five, six, maybe even seven targets a week mm-hmm. out of the backfield, maybe more for all I know. Uh, but you know, where are the other passes going to go to? I right. know that Matt LaFleur wants to pound the rock, but we know Aaron Rodgers is still going to throw the ball, you know, at the bare minimum, 20, 25 times a game, yeah. probably more, a lot of weeks. They're not paying him $50 million to turn around and hand the ball off. Exactly. Like we talked about with Brady, <laughs> you know, what exactly. I mean? So yeah. if they're paying him that much money, they're expecting him to make do with what he has. Yeah. And, you know, Christian Watson, you know, we'll, if you want to go upside, if you have proven receivers and you want to just go for an upside play, Christian yep. Watson could be that fantasy breakout guy who just in one year leaps up, kind of like we saw with Jabbar Chase last year, maybe not quite to that level, but a guy that next year we may be drafting round two, round three in our redraft leagues. Um, With Alan Lazard, it may not be quite that high, uh, but a guy for at least who one year until they get more depth at wide receiver could be a fantastic one-year plug guy who could potentially give you wide receiver two numbers. Um, I think that's I think that's definitely a possibility. And then the last guy is Chase Claypool because Jeremy, yes. you and I both agree the sky's the limit with Claypool. He could be a league winner for a lot of people listening. Absolutely. But if you fill your lineup with Chase Claypool's, you could be asking for a disaster. <laughs> that's true too. I mean, you got to have some stability up there. I think you go for guys like Chase Claypool, Christian Watson. You go for some of these guys that we've been talking about here if you have a good stable ahead of them, you know, you, 
if you're trying to grab one of these guys and, and hope that they're going to pre- present you weekly with uh, wide receiver two numbers, then, you know, you're living on the edge a little bit more than maybe you'd want to. But uh, also, if you if you go running back heavy at the beginning of your draft, right, you take maybe three uh, running backs to start, uh, maybe four of your first five or six picks are all running backs. You know, I've been doing that a lot. Uh, it seems to be a sweet spot for running backs near the top and uh, falls off a cliff at some point, like it usually does every year. And then wide receivers are always deep. But uh, if Chase Claypool ends up being your flex, you know, then you're in your, you've got a really good team. You got a really good wide receiver group. You could, you could be starting him on a weekly basis very quickly. Um, Cause I just think with his skill set and uh, with the, Steelers hopefully improved uh, offense and passing game, um, then you're looking at a guy who's got every tool in the book to be a top-tier talent. And this is a question I want to ask you because you brought up the running backs. I know we're not talking about the running backs this week, but because of my fantasy draft that's coming up, there's a scenario because in this league, we're adding a second flex spot this year. Okay. So there's a potential for four starting running backs in a non-PPR league. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of starting off with a Joe Mixon, if he's a there, followed by Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and Cam Akers going four rounds straight, sure. running back. I mean, you could work in then fifth round. I think Michael Pittman, there's a good chance Michael Pittman is there sitting yeah. for me in the fifth round. If he's there, I plug him in, and then maybe at some point I can pick up an Amon Ross St. Brown or a Cortland Sutton, then pair him with a Chase Claypool. And I wouldn't have a problem with that wide receiver room. Yeah, not at all. I think you're looking at a, a year where – the, the more running backs you can get early, the better. And it's not going to hurt you too much to, to wait on those wide receivers. If you have three wide receiver twos on your team, you know, you can, you can win with that. And, uh, or even two really good wide receiver twos that are going to give you 15, 12, 15 points a game in PPR leagues, you know, uh, you've got, you've got a good stable and then, you know, hopefully, if you're in that type of situation, you have gone above and beyond at the running back position and you're able to make up maybe uh, for not having a superstar there uh, by having a lot of running backs. And, you know, fantasy football is a season long game. Yes, but it's also a weekly game and things change and you've got to play your cards right in the draft to set yourself up for for help down the road, too. And I think, though, if you get like you're talking about, if you got four running backs like that and uh, maybe um, you c- go down the road and you realize I do need a wide receiver. You have plenty of trade value and, uh, you know, guys that you can, you can sell uh, for a wide receiver to help fill your room. I think that it's a fantastic draft strategy personally to go after those running backs early because these wide receivers are just so deep and uh, Chase Claypool's and Christian Watson's is abound in the uh, mid to late rounds. Most definitely. One last question before we get on out of here. There's some other guys that I had listed. You had mentioned Sky Moore earlier. Terrace mm-hmm. Marshall, Nico Collins, Donovan sure. Peoples-Jones. There's my Michigan boys. Yeah, man. Um, any of these guys that are – maybe if you're in a league that is a little bit deeper, do you have any thoughts on any of these guys that were mentioned? Sky Moore, Terrace Marshall, Nico Collins, DPJ. I think these are all guys with upside. Nico Collins is the wide receiver two in Houston. Yeah. Um, he's going to get opportunities. DPJ, the wide receiver two in Cleveland. Terrace Marshall – 
uh, everyone is saying Christian McCaffrey saying he's taking a huge leap forward with Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield. Maybe that's the guy he clings to. And then of course, Sky Moore, we all know his talent and he's in the perfect situation in Kansas city. Um, Would you take a chance on any of these guys and say, you know, 16th, 17th round? Um, I think if, if you're looking at uh, Deshaun Watson starting any of 2022, I, I really like DPJ Donovan people's Jones. Um, my wife is smiling beside me as I say uh, his blue. name, <laughs> DPJ. Man, I'll tell you what, talent wise, he's got he's got it. Um, can he put it together? Uh, I think he can. I think he's shown some, uh, and he could be a late round steal for sure. Um, I'm not as high on Terrace Marshall. I think that offense will flow through DJ Moore and uh, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, but Nico Collins that that's an interesting grab as well behind Brandon cooks there. I think uh, Nico Collins is a Brandon cooks injury away of being their number one guy. And he may have enough to be one B to cooks one a anyway. And I, ex- I um, expect Davis mills to be better this year. Yeah, I really do. I think he's going to, he's going to be a, a very serviceable quarterback in this league. I think Houston's going to be a tough out every week. Uh, they may not be a great team. They may not even be a good team, but they've got enough there to to be decent. Nico Collins could help your fantasy team. I really believe it. And you think the opportunity for touchdowns in Nico mm-hmm. Collins is opportunity. I mean, Brandon Cooks is not a big red zone weapon. Right. John Mechie, not a big red zone weapon. They don't have a whole lot at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins is going to be their number one red zone weapon. So if you can stash him on your bench, and if yeah. you have a bunch of bye weeks a certain week, you plug right. him in you're one touchdown away from him being potentially a weak winner for you. Yeah. A touchdown dependent uh, superstar potentially on a, on a random basis, you know, and uh, you got to get lucky with some of these things, but a lot of it is knowing what these guys can be beforehand and setting your roster up to be able to, to handle whatever situation comes at you. Um, So yeah, Uh, sky Moore too, just to kind of round this out uh, with him. I know we like we talked about him last week and we've mentioned him briefly here. Um, he's the other guy that's going to a fantastic offensive situation. Quarterback, play caller, system. It is set up and designed for success for multiple types of receivers. And you mentioned this last week, and I, I hadn't thought about this a lot before, but the fact that Sky Moore is so quick and and his change of direction is so good. Patrick Mahomes is the ultimate backyard football player, right? He's the ultimate uh, freelancer. And in situations like that, I love the thought of, man, Sky Moore is going to be open. He's going to find a way to get open. He's going to cut back across the field. And Patrick Mahomes is going to find this guy. You can do worse than Sky Moore if you're if you need somebody late to uh, round out your wide receiver room. He's he's a guy I like a lot. Why is he going undrafted so much? And I mean, like his ADP yeah. is like one fifty. Sometimes it's even higher than that, depending yeah. on which site you use. I mean, do I just let him walk into the waiver wire if I'm in the seventeenth <laughs> round of my draft? Even if I have like, let's say I have Christian Watson, would sure. that be the one scenario where you add two rookies? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you got to look at who else is there. Um, but yeah, I would say so. He's got, he's got potential maybe even after this year to like he enough of this year to build a rapport enough with, uh, Mahomes to potentially be their number one 
wide receiver in 2023. And you might see flashes of that later in the season as well, as he gets comfortable in the offense. Um, what I do like about Kansas city this year is everybody's got a really defined role. And I think that's going to play well. And I think the, the chiefs are being overlooked in the AFC with all these other flashier teams, a lot of them in their own division and a uh, sky could be a big reason for their success this year. And for your fantasy team's success this year. Most definitely. Jeremy, what would you like to plug for Behind the Steel Curtain? Where can people find you on Twitter? And what should they be looking for of yours out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers? We're going to continue the fantasy football talk. And I've got, I'm working right now on a Deontay Johnson fantasy profile, getting you everything you need to know about Deontay Johnson, where you should be looking at drafting him, should you be looking at drafting him. And uh, I'll tell you what, his evaluation has been harder this year than I thought it would be because of the quarterback situation and the uncertainty there, how these guys will fit into uh, the system and, and, and who's going to become the guy. Because I think it's wide open of, of who's going to become mm-hmm. the guy. And uh, so uh, Deontay Johnson, a very interesting study that'll be coming out soon. You can follow me on Twitter at the bets 93 T H E B E T Z nine three. And uh, you can find uh, you can find me also on Jeff Hartman's let's ride podcast every Friday for the all bets are off segment. Most definitely go and check that out. You can find me at Andrew underscore Wilbar. That's at, at Andrew underscore W I L B A R. I'm behind the steel curtain. I'm going to probably put some of what we talked about today into article form, probably do some sleepers. Um, We just finished my wide receiver uh, rankings this past week, um, as well as the running back rankings. So those are both done. Um, So we will move on to more fancy stuff, maybe start previewing the college football season, some NFL draft prospects that you draft not should be paying attention to as well. That's going to do it all for today. For Jeremy Betts, I'm Andrew Wilbar. We will see you next week.